0: Okay, that was great, Hillary. Wow, what these testimonies are are really cool, and uh, what God has done in y'all. And uh, tonight I'm not going to go a, a real long time, um, so listen fast. Okay, uh, you got to listen fast tonight. Uh, we got to get out to the to the bonfire and uh, get serious about this retreat. And uh, I went out. Uh, for a walk today, I walked around the perimeter, the green fence, and uh, went out the gate. I turned and looked back, and I was wondering if that volunteer had her binoculars on me, you know, under, uh, you know, there goes the guy. And then I thought, wait a minute, you have to pay to get back in here? There's a steep fee or something? I thought, no, nah, I'll sneak in another way. So anyway, I had a great walk. I saw you guys shooting BB guns and, and archery and the, the The zip line, and you know, I thought, you know, I can sleep well tonight. If the enemy attacks, we got, we got shooters, we got archers, we got people that can repel. I mean, I'm safe, so I'm feeling good. Well, um, I understand Gordon McDonald talked. Talk last year to y'all, and one of his talks, and I've heard him give give his talk, is on relationships and, and friendships. I'm going to uh, share just a few thoughts tonight on this area, but uh, take it from a little bit different slant. Now, I'm not trying to be Gordon McDonald's time, believe me, but I'm, I'm taking it from a, a college student slant. Gordon, I think, picked up on his friendships probably in his 50s or so, and... Uh, I began to pick up on fr- friendships when I was um, actually lat- latter part of my freshman year and into my sophomore year. Let me, let me share you three um, events that I had with, with friends just to get started here. Uh, I had a Phillips screwdriver. And uh, myself and my new friend Brett Yon were sabotaging a a guy's radio that was in our uh, summer training program. Y'all are having a summer training program. Well, we didn't like the music this guy was playing, so we got into the back of his transistor radio and undid a couple wires. And uh, that was, you know, that's what friends do, you know. And. and then another time, uh, I was with uh, four friends that I, I'll, I'll mention in a little bit. Brett, well, actually three. Brett, Larry, and Jack, and myself. And we, were, uh, we had gone out to a small little church out in the country with Max Barnett. And he had preached. And this young couple, uh, like one of your young staff couples, they had a couple of kids, invited us to their home for dinner. And so we said sure. So we went out for dinner and uh, this gal made a, a big plate of fried chicken and and mashed potatoes and man it looks so good and we were hungry young students so we go through the line and fill our plates and have a, had a great dinner. Well at the end of the dinner, we went back to this little retreat place where we were staying, and Max said, hey, guys, can uh, let's gather around a second. I have something I want to share with you. So we said, great. And uh, he said, did you all happen to notice how much chicken was left after you guys filled your plates? We had no idea. Our bellies were full. And uh, that's, you know, our eyes were on the chicken. And he said, well, there was a wing and two backs left for this family of four, uh, a husband, a wife, and their two children. And Max said, you know, guys, if you want to really have an impact for God, you're going to have to be aware of what's going on around you. And that was basically all that was said. I remember that to that day. That was in 1967, and I still remember it. And you know that when I'm out for dinner with, in a family setting, you know, I still look and see how many people are there and how much food is there. And, uh, you know, I learned that with these friends. Another uh, thing that happened in college, well, a lot of things happened in college, but I won't tell you about the time I put a candle on a piece of cardboard a, with a big plastic thing and lit it, and it floated up over the campus and landed on top of a dormitory. Uh, I won't tell you about that one, but um, the, uh, yeah. The, the, uh, another time is uh, Max uh, asked us guys to go with him over to an old widow's home and we took uh, homemade ice cream stuff over, cranked homemade ice cream, and talked to Mrs. Dillard for about an hour uh, while we were cranking, and then stayed up uh, eating ice cream with her, and uh, spent about two hours total. Okay, I've never done a Bible study on widows, ever, but in that moment, God touched my heart with older people in their needs, and especially widows, as the Bible speaks to them. And, and I did that with friends, and as Max helped us to grow. And so my, my college experiences uh, were very varied uh, with friends, but God began to build some relationships with me, um, that has lasted to this day. I remember hearing a message by a man that uh, Neil knows, or knew, he's passed away. His name was Gene War, And he talked one time about coming to Christ, like Hillary shared about her conversion. Gene came to Christ in a Billy Graham crusade in 1956. And there were nine other businessmen men that helped volunteer and these guys were, some of them weren't even believers, but they became Christians as they did things like set up chairs and drive people around and just do the mechanics of the retreat. And Gene said that those ten guys made a covenant with each other that they would pray for each other regularly and meet every year. And they did that for um, until they died off. But, you know, they began to kind of die off after 50, 60 years. And I think probably all of them are, have passed away by now. But, um, and I thought, you know, I want to pray that too. I want to pray that God gives me the kind of friends that stand the test of time. Let me share with you. Uh, uh, there, there are some things in the Bible that speak to friends. Let's, listen to this. I won't even have you. Uh, the, the end of Romans. Listen to what Paul says. Greet my dear friend Epentus, who is the first convert in Christ to Christ in Asia. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my dear friend Staus. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Paul speaks deeply about friends literally all over the known world at that time as he wrote this letter, well, to Rome, to, Rome, to the Romans. And uh, Jesus, of course, you know, said in John, no greater love can a person have than this, that they lay down his life for his friend. And, and you've read the story of Jesus and Lazarus, his dear friend who he wept over. He had p- passed away and the, the, the family was grieving. Of course, Jesus Rose raised Lazarus from the dead. That's a good way to treat a friend, I guess. But, um, you know, Jesus had close friends. Um, so in 1970, these guys graduated and I graduated. Uh, Jack went to seminary. Brett and Larry went to Florida. And I took off for the army and then to Vietnam. So we kind of parted ways, in some ways, and back then you didn't have texting, you didn't have email. Uh, When I was in Vietnam, I didn't have a phone. I couldn't even call my wife for seven straight months. I called her one time for three minutes, and, um, and that was it. But in 72, I went to Kansas State with my young wife, Sandy. Jack went to Iowa State. Larry stayed at at OU, and then later went to to University of Iowa. Brett uh, moved in the same U-Haul truck with me, dumped me in Manhattan, and he went up to Lincoln, Nebraska. And we've been really close friends ever since. And, you know, I just want to commend to you tonight that um, Friends are really worth it. And uh, the other day when I was in Colorado, I was hiking, I was coming down the mountain, and I got a, a call. I was in cell reception, and I got a call. And I n- probably wouldn't have picked up the call, but I saw it was from one of these friends. And he talked about an incredible, difficult situation going on in his life. And we I was standing on this trail with my cell phone. A few people were... Uh, passing here and there, and I was crying with my friend. And we met in 1965, and uh, I'm crying with him. On a. I was on a trail in Colorado. He was in a different state. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Neil, Neil will mind me saying this, but a couple of d- days ago, he was reading me a letter that a dear friend of his wrote him, and he was crying because of the depth of the friendship that they've had for years and years. And I hope you have those kind of relationships. I do. And they start in college, many of them. And don't give up these years just for academics. I know you have to study hard. They don't give these grades away, these degrees away. It costs an incredible amount of money. But but believe God that He will give you some lasting friends and, you know, I look back, uh, you know, till I, when I was 18, and I still am close to these guys. There's a verse in Proverbs 18:24 that says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And... Uh, you know, I don't know where you are in this. You know, I've, I've watched y'all. I've, I walked around today really because I just in, enjoy watching y'all relate. I don't particularly care about seeing if you can hit a, a, a cooking utensil with a BB gun necessarily. Uh, but but uh, I just enjoyed seeing you guys together. And uh, you know, my, my prayer is that you'll pray that these friendships will last. Um, I think I've got a Picture I want to show you. Go ahead and throw that up there. Yeah, this—it's hard to see. Um, Here's here's me, and here's Sandy, my wife, on this end. And uh, thanks. Up at the top are Carl and Virginia. He's a a pastor in Atlanta. Over on the the uh, right is Tim and Sharon. Tim's a professor at Southern Seminary. Uh, Daryl and Tama. Daryl is a CEO, he's uh, up in Portland. He ran uh, the whole western United States for Cigna insurance for a while and got tired of that, now he's a CEO up in Portland. Uh, Dick and Nancy, um, he, they are actually coming to be our new pastor, which we are totally excited about. He was in campus ministry for years at K-State and then helped start a church in, in Norman. Uh, the couple in the middle, Lynn and Jean Rundle. Lynn is uh, a CEO, uh, has started several businesses. Jean, his wife, died of cancer last year. She, um, actually complications. She had Hodgkin's disease as a 16-year-old, and back in those days, the radiation just did such a number on her that her uh, she had degenerative heart failure, basically, and so We have been totally close since the '70s. I met all these people in in our ministry at K-State, and they've been a part of our lives. And they're like, you know, they're kind of close to us, age only ten years removed, but they're they're as close as family could ever be. And um, you know, when I had these friends in college, it just spurred me on to continue to build close friendships. And uh, you can go ahead and uh, turn the light back on. Um, So, you know, I hope that someday you will be able to have a photograph like that uh, of friends that you've met in college and in these years in your 20s. Um, It's so worth it. Geography, none of these people live in the same town as I do. Uh, Oregon, Atlanta, uh, Norman, Kentucky, Lynn's in Florida now, but we're just as close as we were, maybe more so than we were 40 years ago. And uh, and it can happen. I mentioned this the other night uh, with my friendship with Neil. Geography doesn't have to deteriorate a friendship. It just doesn't have to and uh, it takes some work, it takes some planning, but you can continue to be close to people. Let me share with you a quote from uh, General William Sherman to General U.S. Grant. I knew that wherever I was that you thought of me and if I got in a tight place you would come if you were still alive. That's pretty good, isn't it? And uh, these are just military guys, but they had a rich friendship. And, uh, and that's what General Sherman wrote to, to General Brand. You know, I knew that you thought of me, and wherever I was, if I was in a tight fix, you would come and help if you were still alive. You know, that's, I love that one. Um uh, one thing about friendships uh, I've I've alluded this a little bit uh, before but the idea of living your life below the waterline and um when when I meet with uh Larry and Brett and Jack we meet uh every April for 4 days Uh we there's no like secrets in our life, and we talk about substantive things. Now, we have fun, we play poker, Uh, we eat pizza, and if you will promise not to tell Max Barnett, we smoke a cigar uh, every year. And one. That's one a year. And, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, we have a blast, uh, but we, we share below the waterline. And I'll, I'll talk about my life. And uh, I'll talk, you know, we'll talk about the heartaches. We'll talk about the celebrations. And we're as, really as close as if we live next door to each other. And that's just the way it is, and we make time for that. We plan on it. It costs some money. It costs some time. But we do it. And you can do it, too. Uh, It can happen, but, um, you know, you have to have a start with it. Um, There's a lot of um, roadblocks to close friendship. And uh, one of them is I've got a quote here that is probably one of the most powerful quotes that I've ever read. It's uh, written by Dallas Willard. And I'm, I want I want you guys to see this as I read it. Willard says, if you want to really experience the flow of love as never before, the next time you're in a competitive situation around work or school or ministry or sports or whatever, pray that the others around you will be more outstanding, get more praise and more used of God than yourself. Really pull for them and rejoice in their success. If Christians will universally do this for each other, the earth would soon be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. I... You know, that speaks for itself. I regret deeply the uh, energy and the time that I've spent envying others and being jealous of others. Um, That could be one of my greatest regrets in life. And, uh, you know, the comparison thing. We live in a world that compares, you know, success and, you know, if we'll pull for each other, if if we can find in our heart that Jesus is Lord and, and I want you to celebrate and you to be a success and how God created you and I'll celebrate with you. There's a verse in Romans 12, 15, it says, weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice Romans 12:15 I think and I get it backwards I rejoice with those that are weeping and weep with those uh, and weep about those that are succeeding because I'm I can be thrown into this envy and jealousy so um I hope you'll really consider that in your relationships because I think this is one of the big hurdles in growing deep relationships with each other. There's a verse in James 5, 16 um, that says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Um, one of the things that I've prayed for our group at Kansas State through the years that we would grow a culture of, of confession and, and repentance. Because if you're like me and like most of the students in Kansas, they have never heard a leader say, I'm so sorry, I was wrong. They've never heard it from a teacher, a coach, a parent a pastor and uh, and yet James writes so clearly, confess your sins to one another. Now, you know, do we only need to confess our sins to God? Well, in a sense that's true. You know, uh, He hears us and forgives us. The blood of Christ covers our sins. and. Separates them from as far as the east is from the west. That's really true. But God created us for relationship. And there's a part of our journey with Him that is not fully complete unless we, we confess to others our needs and our sin. And in fact, this passage suggests that, that true healing only comes as we confess. To others, I remember one time uh, I was I was going to seminary in the Kansas City, and so I was gone Tuesday through Friday, and so I was doing ministry Friday night and Saturday and Monday, and I was cramming a lot of stuff in there. And so we had our our leaders meeting on Saturday morning at seven o'clock. We had this church that let us meet there, and we'd come and scramble eggs and make pancakes and have Bible study. Well. Uh, one Saturday morning, I overslept, and uh, I come staggering in about 7:45, and you know they're laughing and they're finishing up breakfast. Hey, Bob, know you had a long week, and and so you know we're started. We sat down. There were about probably 15 in this group, and so I thought, you know, I could I could let this one slide by easily. I could let it slide by because I've been gone all week over doing graduate studies. But I God spoke to me and said, you know, these were all here, and you need to say you're sorry to them that you didn't didn't make the call. And uh, so I said, well, before we start our our Bible study, I just want to say that. I'm really sorry I slept in, and I just wondered if you would forgive me for that. I'm so sorry I, I did. I, I wasn't considering your time and your commitment. And so it was kind of quiet, and you know, two or three people said, yeah, thanks for sharing. That was probably 20 years ago. So like last year, I'm at a deal, and this guy comes up to me, and he said... Uh, Bob, you probably don't remember this. Oh, I remember it well. Uh, uh, I always remember my screw-ups, you know. Uh, But uh, um, he said, uh, the thing that I remember most about my college career, and he was involved in Christian Challenge, he was a small group leader, what I remember most was that morning that you said you were sorry for sleeping in. And uh, I thought, whoa. And so... You know, what I'm saying to you is your friendships, it's okay to say you're sorry. It's okay to say, you know, I haven't had a good week. I've had attitudes that were wrong. I've been jealous toward you. One one evening at our campus, um, at the end of year, kind of brainstorming for the next year, um, we ended up spending about four hours together, people confessing their sins to each other. And, uh, you know, it was a healthy time. It was, there was healing, and people confessed jealousy and envy. Some people can, one gal got up and said, I've been living a lie before you. I've had a relationship with a guy that has been dishonoring to God, and will you forgive me? and one gal got up and said uh, she was not confessing a sin, she was confessing where she was, she said on my uh, on my 17th birthday my youth director sexually molested me and I've never told anyone and uh, you know this was heavy duty stuff And, and these young students gathered around each other and prayed for each other. Now, what I'm saying is, is the power of friendship and the power of being real with your life, um, the integrity of it and, and the power of it. And you do that in the midst of, of community and friends. Uh, I'm almost finished here. I got one quote Well, two. One from Gordon MacDonald, if you can slide that one. The possibility of self-deception is so great that without mature companions, we can easily fall into the trap of living an illusion. That's pretty stout, isn't it? Uh, Again, you see the need for people around you to grow together, to have fun together, to be on the journey together. Let me close with this, from Shakespeare no less. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers, for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. From Henry V. You didn't know I knew that. That (laughs) is true. Uh, I hope you'll really, really seriously consider Friends and growing deeply as a friend. Being a friend and being a friend to others and letting them be a friend to you. And uh, some of you have grown up in distant families where there wasn't a lot of affection and love, but we really need each other. That's why God created us. And I can tell you, looking back 50 years to college, um, 1965, it's really worth it. It really is. Let's pray together. Lord, thanks for, again for our time together, and um, we thank you for the day we've had to be together, and I thank you that, that you are growing friendships in this group, and I pray that they would stand the test of time, that years from now they would uh, rejoice in, in the relationships you give them, to do journey with to do your pathways with, to grow together, to cry together, to laugh together, to love together. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.